This is a podcast from Rover. All right, here's an interesting one for you. Uh, there's a challenge, uh, effectively, being thrown down to politicians and consumers alike. It's to remove restrictions on the use of gene editing, especially in plants and animals, to bring benefits for the environment and animal welfare. Now, Malcolm Bailey has been on the uh, Ag Research Endophyte Gene Editing Steering Group since its inception three years ago, and he's keen to see regulation change so that the endophytes that live on ryegrass can be bred to both help the plant but not affect the grazing animal in a negative way. He joins us now to talk about it. G'day, uh, Malcolm. How are you? Morning, Dom. So, firstly, uh, this uh, endophyte fungi, what is it and uh, what is the impact on our pastoral industry? Well, the endophytes live naturally in uh, you know, grasses like rye grasses and they have a symbiotic relationship whereby they actually help the plant um, ward off pests that might want to eat that plant and also the endophyte gets benefit out of living there and these endophytes can have negative consequences for stock that graze uh, those grasses and the whole objective of the AgriSearch group is to get away from having animals suffer from staggers or whatever from eating uh, such grasses with these endophytes and have an enhanced endophyte that is good for both the animal and also protecting the plant from pests. And this technology, uh, gene editing, has been around for a decade or more. Um, it's been used in medicine, so um, a suite of genetic uh, resources were used to produce in record time the vaccine for COVID, or a, a number of them. We believe that this suite of technologies has a huge potential in the farming sector to benefit everyone, you know, animals through to final consumers. And we're frustrated that at the present time, the regulations in New Zealand make it very hard to go past contained laboratory type work into field trials and ultimately commercialisation. So a real fear that we will not be able to utilise these technologies as things stand. Right, and sort of miss out and uh, be left behind, I guess. Well, yeah. So in the case of our program of work at AgriSearch, we have done containment work and it's gone extremely well ahead of ahead of plan. And we, to take it to the next step, we've had to shift to Australia to do the field trials. Mm. And then there's huge uncertainty beyond that as to whether or not we would ever get um, permission to commercialise uh, what, we, what we produce. So the political will just isn't there at the moment? Well, I think a lot of people are still thinking that these technologies are uh, technologies that were developed many, many years ago that saw gene sequences shifted from one type of organism to another. Mm. Gene editing is all within species. So in theory, whatever we do with gene editing, we could do by the much more cumbersome and slow selective breeding processes. But having a shortcut where we can get results quickly and safely and predictably is, is a far better way to go. And we just think we need the wider community to understand the safety and efficiency of this approach and encourage the politicians to actually make a change in, in, in the law and the regulations sitting behind that um, that reflects 
the safety and efficiency of these technologies. Right, so that's the distinction then. So gene editing, and that's the important point that you made there. So th- is that basically moving genes from another fungi or animal into the fungi? Is that sort of what no, it... No, no, no. It, it's all... All the gene sequences that are, are being manipulated are within the species. So there's no transfer of genetic material from one organism to another. Right. Okay, gotcha. So it's edited within the existing parameters, if you like. Yeah, exactly, within the species, as we say. Yeah, right. Um, so so how would the rights end fight help improve our, say, g- greenhouse gas footprint? Well, at the present time, we have grasses with endophytes, and there's some wastage because some of the endophytes confer characteristics on the plant that are unattractive to the animal, so they don't like the taste. Um, so, you know, you grow some grass, but it's wasted, mm. or the animal eats it and gets unwell for a period of time. So either way, there's wastage involved. And there's a negative uh, animal welfare issue there at times as well. So the whole idea of producing a better endophyte, which confers benefit for the plant and the animal, it will increase efficiency. And if increasing efficiency, that is utilising you know, a certain amount of grass better in terms of the growth rate of the animal, that lowers the uh, carbon footprint, if you like, of the animal that is grazing and so your emissions per kilogram of output are lower than what they otherwise would have been. Now we're not talking dramatic changes here but if you look over time all the benefits that we're likely to be able to accrue through R&D in terms of lowering our emissions will be a number of small things that add up to quite a lot over time and this is another key point around changing the law around gene editing is that when you look at a key technology and uh, an enabling technology this is the one this is the this is not a silver bullet as such but a whole lot of things can come out of uh, the use of gene editing and so we need this technology enabled for use in New Zealand that's interesting and in terms of New Zealand uh, we rank I read recently um, pretty poorly uh, on the food and crops gene editing index which is produced by this uh, genetic literacy project uh, four out of ten I think was our was our score yeah we, we are low um, we're well behind Australia which scores eight on that index and then of course there are many countries that that get a 10 and what that means is that their science community their whole community have recognized the benefits of gene editing type technology and said um you know always with appropriate controls and checks and balances um get on with it in new zealand we're still struggling to uh really get going. Is there a distinction here? Um, obviously there is in terms of uh, gene editing and uh, you know other types of genetic modification. That distinction, is that the one of the Achilles heels, if you like, in terms of uh, changing the narrative? Yeah, that distinction is a, is a key factor. Genetic modification, if you go back, a fair way was about gene sequences being taken from one organism and put into another. Mm. Now that has actually proved to be very safe. There's no real issue, but the very thought 
triggers uh, a reaction in a number of people, um, which is negative. In this case, as I said before, it's all about genes within a species, so you're not transferring DNA from one animal to another or one plant to another or whatever it might be. So it's, it's really requiring a bit of a shift in mindset around this that you know we're talking about something that can be replicated over time through what we call selective breeding which is tedious and slow and imprecise Mm. where this is fast and precise and very safe so we need a law change in your view uh here in new zealand uh to i guess remove these restrictions uh and the use of gene editing um and then i suppose it's uh the commercialization um of these products and uh the ability to reduce uh the things that uh, ironically uh the government is asking the sector to reduce anyway yeah, exactly. There's high expectations on farmers that, you know, we will reduce our emissions and do a better job. Well, the key thing here is we need the tools to be able to do it. And this is an absolutely key enabling tool. And to implement change in New Zealand is uh, as simple as copying, in effect, the approach the Australians have taken. And that, that wouldn't take that long. You're confident, Malcolm, that uh, eventually, um, in the fullness of time, uh, these... It seems inevitable to me, it just, uh, as I said earlier, the political will to do it, um, you know, it might uh, just take a, a little bit of time, um, personnel, etc. Um, are you confident there'll be a sympathetic year at some stage and a, and a law change eventually? I'd like to say yes, but we've had a fairly pathetic response from this government uh, so far so um, hopefully common sense will prevail you know we've got consumers that are saying you know they're really worried about the the price of food rising Uh, they're worried about the emissions so hopefully we see the politicians say it's time to take some leadership on this we can actually through this approach of uh, allowing gene editing, we can get more efficiency in the sector, which has got to be a good thing in the long run around the price of food as well, Mm. the emissions, and just basically front up and do something rather than just kicking the can down the road forever. Appreciate your thoughts. Malcolm Bailey uh, joining us here on the program uh, on the Ag Research Indifite Gene Editing Steering Group. Good to have your thoughts, Malcolm. Thank you very much. Okay, cheers, Dom. Time now for Rural Focus with Carter's Tyres, specialist in ag tyres, supporting NZ Farmers for over 35 years. And on the show tomorrow, we're going to have Patsy Bass. Regular listeners will know that Patsy's a uh, recurring theme, as is the Reefton Distilling Co. uh, for their distilling prowess over the years they're over there on the uh, on the west coast as the name would suggest they have signed an initial three-year deal to supply casks of their moonlight creek single malt whiskey to a scottish organization edinburgh's scotch malt whiskey society the first in new zealand to sign a multi-year contract to supply whiskey to this particular outfit so the society purchases individual casks from more than 150 malt whiskey distilleries around the globe bottles them and then retails directly 
to its members. There's about 40,000 of those. And Reefton uh, Distilling Co. is the first in New Zealand to be included in the organisation's offerings. As I say, Patsy Bass will be on the show discussing that tomorrow. That is our show for today. As always, great to have your company. Thank you as always, and we'll catch you back tomorrow. When you grow what I grow.